So, uh, what is up with these rappers, ladies and gentlemen? Have y'all seen this? Look at this. Look at this, ladies and gentlemen. So this is uh, Kid Cudi, a rapper. I only, I'm only familiar with one song by this dude called Day and Night. Never listened to his music, never gotten to it. But, uh, you know. Happy Veterans Day, Airborne, Super Facts. We can got me my free food today. So Veterans Day, shout out to all my vets out there. Go Army. <laughs> I mean, all the other branches, y'all like, but it's the Army, baby. Anyways, getting back to this over here. It says Kid Cudi wore a white less, a oh, white less. Kid Cudi wore a white lace wedding dress with a statement, with a statement veil covering his neon pink hair to the CFDA Awards. So this is a, a rapper by the name of Kid Cudi. This joker got a, a damn wedding dress on with some lace leggings on, some lace whatever on his hands, a wedding veil on, some pink hair, and he over here holding hands with this dude. This is a rapper, y'all. <laughs> says, Kid Cudi attended the CFDA Fashion Awards in New York in a wedding dress on Wednesday. The rapper's white lace bridal look was created by ERL designer Eli Russell Lennitz. I wonder what last name Lennitz is. Let's, let's go look this up real quick. Lennitz. What, what, what name does that sound like, y'all? Let's look it up. E.L. Russell Lennitz. See if we can find some information on this dude. Lennitz. It sounds like a small hat name, if you ask me. I don't see a Wikipedia for this dude. Wait, was that it? I don't know. Sounds like a small hat name. So anyways, he's wearing this white lace bridal look. And he's, uh, the, rap <clears throat> the rapper's white lace bridal look was created by ERL designer Eli Russell Lennitz, who shared photos of Cuddy before the event on Instagram and accompanied him on the red carpet wearing a classic tuxedo. So this is the fashion designer right here who got Kid Cuddy wearing this wedding gown and they're holding hands. And I'm assuming this guy is a small hat because his last name is Lennitz. Sounds small hattish to me. You know, shout out to my man, Sub-Zero. He spends a lot of time going in on the small hats, talking about various things associated with them to the point where I'm starting to really believe him <laughs> with some of the things uh, he be saying. It says, Lennox was nominated for the CFDA American Emerging Designer of the Year, made headlines in September as the mastermind behind ASAP Rocky's colorful thrifted quilt look at the two at the 2021 Met Gala. So what was he wearing? So y'all remember uh, ASAP came to the award, whatever this thing is, wearing this thing right here. So that's what this guy did. And now he got another rapper out here in a wedding dress. So speaking to people, Lennox said he texted Cuddy unexpectedly to invite him along to the award ceremony, sharing a sneak peek of what he'd be wearing. This dude got the nerve to have a Jesus Christ piece on his uh, neck. He says, just out of the blue, sent him a text message of a wedding dress. Sent him a text of a wedding dress. The 30-year-old California-based designer told people, I was like, will you be my bride? So the small hat text him, saying, will you be my bride? And this Negro was like, hell yeah. 
Cuddy's custom, Cuddy's custom bridal gown was comprised of a full body lace cat suit. So he got a cat suit on, y'all. Gloves, a cream colored blazer, and a veil sitting on top of his neon pink hair. Silver emblazoned cream sneakers completed the look, and his accessories included a set of rings as well as a black Jesus necklace. This Negro got a full lace outfit on with a wedding dress, some wedding rings, I'm assuming, a veil, some pink hair, and he out here holding hands with this dude in a tuxedo. Uh, Cuddy said he had no doubts when it came to working with Lennox. He says, I trust this man. So I was down to take it wherever his mind went. I trust this man. So I was down to take it wherever this, his mind went. Mm. This is Kid Cuddy on Saturday Night Live. And uh, look like a... A spring dress of sorts. Says the rapper is no stranger to a statement dress. During a musical appearance on SNL, he wore an off-white floral gown designed by Virgil Abloh. Guest starring on HBO's The Shop Interrupted in June, the rapper explained he wore the dress as a tribute to the late singer Kurt Cobain, Nirvana singer Kurt Cobain, and address backlash he faced for doing so. He said, I knew it would piss some people off, but I love it. If this is what I'm supposed to do, then so be it. I want to be a disruptor, Cuddy said. And it's cool because I'm also giving confidence to kids and telling them to be themselves and do what they want to do. So Cuddy is out here trying to inspire and motivate your cheerings so that they could be out here looking like this. This, this is what he's trying to do, y'all. This is what these... Listen, listen, listen. Listen, listen. Give me a second. Uh, so... I don't even know what to say about this, man. I thought I was going to have some deep, profound stuff to say. But this stuff is, this, this is kind of getting out of control. It's like, it's like it's one thing, it's like it's one thing if you want to do this because you want to be different, you want to make a statement. It's another thing when you out here like trying to make a statement with the intent of trying to influence the minds of kids. Like, I just don't understand this, this targeting of the children when it comes to all these mixed messages, everything ranging from sexuality to cross-dressing to transgenderism, all this, all this crazy stuff, right? I, I don't, I don't really get it. You know what I mean? Because, you know, like I said, I got kids. I got I got two young kids. And I'd be damned if my son come home talking about he want to he wanna dye his hair pink and, and parade around in a damn wedding dress. You know what I mean? I just saw a picture. I think I saw a picture of Dennis. I don't know. I thought I saw a picture of Dennis Rodman when he was in his wedding dress. Maybe I did. I don't know. I thought I saw it. But anyways, so you got this dude over here. Look at this, y'all. Your man's is in a wedding dress, right? And so it's it's I see stuff like this, and then I'll be hopping online and I'll be hearing black folks talk about how we black men in particular, we strong black men. We need to be the leader of our communities. We need to get the women's in line and on code. So they can follow our lead. How, how, how is anybody, 
what woman in their right mind wants to follow a dude like this? Now, granted, there probably are some women out there that will follow him because he's a famous person. And I'm assuming he got a little bit of money. But still, is this like, is this like the image? <laughs> Look, y'all know I'll be posting these pictures all the time of Team Dark Skin on my community tab. And I'll post the occasional picture of a light-skinned dude like this. But y'all know these things are dominated by this group of people right here that look like this, that more so look like him as opposed to those who look like me. So, you know, we hear these conversations about masculinity and how black men need to be like the leaders of the community and take charge. It's like, how do you take charge when some of your most famous members of the community, they running around here looking like this. They're running around here in wedding dresses with full lace cat suits on, holding the hands of white dudes who just happen to be small hats, and then just blindly going along with what the white dude says. It's like, how do y'all expect to ever... You know, especially those of you who are on Team Dark Skin, how do you guys ever expect to be revered and respected by anybody when the most famous of you are down with this? You know what I'm saying? Like, I've showed y'all numerous pictures. It ain't just him. Lil Nas X out there. I mean, we ain't got to really talk about him. You know how weird he is. But, you know, I'm just saying, man. Does this make y'all feel a certain type of way, man? <laughs> it's just some sad, this is just some pathetic stuff, man. But especially when you want to purpose, what did he say in here? He said he wants to, he said, I knew it would piss some people off, but I love it. If this is what I'm supposed to do, then so be it. I want to be a disruptor and it's cool because I'm also giving confidence to kids and telling them to be themselves and do what they want to do. So he, he's purposely trying to target the kids, the babies. Let them know, especially if you're a male, let them know it's cool if you, if you go out there wearing wedding dresses and shit like that. And I'm glad you mentioned this, Loki. I'm glad you mentioned this, right? Asians are stopping this in their country. So in case you guys don't know, you go to countries like China. I think China, let's matter of fact, let's look it up. Let's look it up. Let's see. China bans K-pop. I want to say it was K-pop or something like that. Look at this. Chinese government. Let's click on it. Chinese government is cracking down on K-pop. So you guys don't know what that is. It stands for Korean pop. Uh, how long is this article? Anyways, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and summarize it. I know a little bit about the story. But basically, K-pop, let's go look up some of these K-pop singers, right? Uh, the male singers in particular. So K-pop, this is like South Korea's one of the most popular forms of music, genres of music. China has a problem with it because they dudes out here looking like this. You can't tell if it's a dude or a girl with a short haircut, right? China has like a masculinity problem over there. In case you guys don't know, China, let me see. China internet use, internet restrictions for kids. China, they implemented a new rule for uh, kids to use the internet. Meaning, I think if you're under like the age of 18 or something like that, you can only use the internet for like three hours a week to play video games, I should say. Where you can be on there between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m., uh, Monday through Friday or something like that. Oh, no, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. just on the weekends or something like that. And the reason they're doing this is because they got like a whole generation of bitches over there, <laughs> of, of male 
of bitches. They got a whole generation of male bitches over there. And they're like recognizing this is a severe problem in their country. So they don't want kids playing video games where their brains are turning into mush. And they don't want them, they don't want them, uh, I think they banned K-pop over there because they don't want their boys becoming all extra feminine. Now, you know anything about China, you know, they're currently out here trying to uh, reclaim what country is that? Taiwan, I believe. Taiwan is like officially part of China, but then it's unofficially not a part of China. And China's over here threatening to raid the country and reclaim it. And then every other day they're making threats to the U.S. military and wanting to go to war. Basically, China's trying to rev it up and uh, be seen as a big dog on the world stage militarily. And as a matter of fact, it was just reported they currently have the largest Navy in the world right now, right? So in an effort to do that, they got a whole generation of boys over there that look like this, <laughs> that are just extremely feminine, very flimsy. And they feel like these boys are being influenced by the media, social media, and guess what, and games, and, and they feel like they got to crack down on it so that they can step up and try to become a super-duper world power militarily, all right? You go look at Russia. It's another country. Been around for a hot little minute. One of America's uh, long-term enemies. I seen a commercial some months ago, them advertising their military, trying to ramp up recruitments. They got white boys out there wrestling in the snow, jabbing each other with ice picks, fighting polar bears, just all kind of quote-unquote manly images of men doing manly stuff. Meanwhile, you look at the U.S. military, and yes, I'm a vet. My man Royce J. is a vet. Our military is going out of its way to make it soft. They're embracing transgenders every five seconds. You can you can openly serve as gay in the military now. It's just like super ridiculously feminine. Everybody's, I mean, this was happening when I was getting out. I got out in 2015. So I've been out. Matter of fact, November 17th will be my sixth year of being out the military. If I had been in, I'd be on my 19th year, rolling into my 20th year next year. But anyways, I got out after 13 years. And as I was getting out, I noticed that there was a change in the culture. Like When I first came in in 2002, we were still of the era. As a matter of fact, me and Royce, Royce is in the chat here. He can tell you this. Where is he at? My man Royce was in the chat, who's in the chat. Me and him, we were in the same platoon in basic training. <laughs> in fact, our beds were right next to each other. He, he slept in this bunk. I slept in this bunk. So we've known each other since 2002. Right? We were in basic training together. So back then when we went to basic training, you know, we were still of the mindset of, the, of a generation where your drill sergeants would curse you out, threaten to fight you, beat you up, all kind of stuff, right? You might even threaten to fight him and, and, and beat, beat them up. Like we was of that mindset. We was we was of that mindset when I, you know, when I got to my first unit, it was always, you know, cursing people out, fighting people. Like we was really getting into fights and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Anyways, as I started getting out or proceeding to get out the military after doing 13 years, there was like a shift that started happening probably around like my 10th year in the military. Well, matter of fact, when Obama came in, he uh, lifted the uh, don't ask, don't tell policy. So all of a sudden, everybody who was terrified of admitting that they were gay, even though everybody knew who was gay, it wasn't like we couldn't tell. It's, you know, they came out. It was just rainbow flags galore all over. the place. You look like somebody just bust open a bag of Skittles. Everybody who was gay that you knew was already gay. I mean, like, as a matter of fact, I was on this detail called ceremonial detail. This was a detail where. I was a part of the team that would go to these funerals of vets who died. And I'll be one of the guys who folded the flag and have to give the fold the flag and give the flag to the widow. And then they play taps. I was a part of that team. Um, anyways, I, I was a team leader and I had two females on my team, black chick and white chick. So I was the guy that actually gave the commands. They folded the flag. Then I presented the flag to the widow. Anyways, the white chick on my team was a lesbian. This chick, I remember her car. She had rainbow stickers all over the back of it. 
she had this uh rear view mirror thing that said that hanging from her rear view mirror and it said i'm so gay i can't even drive straight like that's what it actually said i actually thought that was kind of funny when i saw it but the thing is this this little white chick the moment they lifted that don't ask don't tell thing it was non-stop lesbian stories from her right she would she would she would she would always come up there we could we could be driving to a funeral two hours away because we used to get in the vans and have to drive two hours away to go perform a funeral right <laughs> she spent about 45 minutes giving us the latest rundown of her, her adventures in being a lesbian how she don't went out here met this chick started scatting on cats scissoring just all kind of stuff and i'm just like it's like she's been having this stuff pent up inside when all of a sudden Obama gave the all clear, she could just let all this crap out. And then she's talking to me like, like I'm one of the homeboys. Like, like I want to hear her adventures of being a lesbian. And she wasn't even attractive, so I definitely didn't want to hear it. But it was just like, really? So I'm saying that because this is how the military started going. So I remember my last year in the military. As a matter of fact, my last month in the military, before I went on terminal leave, they had me working, uh, doing CQ at the barracks, where basically I had to, I had to be on duty in the barracks to make sure that the privates weren't tearing up the barracks. You know, the lower ranking soldiers, because I, I was a I was at a I was at a TRADOC base, Fort Gordon. TRADOC stands for training doctrine. So basically, this is a place where you go after basic training to learn your MOS if you're learning like a, like a signal job. And so anyways, they had me pulling duty in the barracks. Right. And if you go into the barracks. Uh, if it's a co-ed barracks, I mean, you got males and females that live in there. The first floor is always reserved for the females. Second and third floor are all males. And if you're a male, you're not allowed to go into the female floor unless you got a, dr a, a drill sergeant there or a platoon sergeant or the CQ. And same thing with the females. So, so anyways, I'm on duty, right? I'm on duty. And I can say it's my last month before I start terminal leave. I, had, I got two months terminal leave saved up. That means 60 days of vacation time. I'm just counting down the clock. I stopped shaving and everything. I was just like, man, I'm out the dough. So anyway, I was like, I, I'll pull CQ. I'll do this 12-hour shift, but it's my last CQ I'm ever doing. So we're in CQ. We got to make sure the females stay off the male floor, males stay off the female floor, make sure ain't nobody setting the building on fire, you know, doing all kind of crazy stuff, right? So I'm, on, I'm at the desk, and this female comes down the stairwell from the second floor. I'm just like, what the fuck? So, you know, I go, I go into staff sergeant uh, mode. I was, I was an E6 staff sergeant. So I start barking and screaming, threatening to flip tables over. I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, hey, chick, who told, who, who, what you doing up there on the male floor? And like, I'm just barking and going off. And then the, and then the, 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 the chick says, hey, Sarge, I'm private such and such. I was like, what? Because, you know, he had like a, the chick had like a little bass in the voice. I was like, huh? So I look, I'm like, what the fuck? Is this a dude? I'm, this is what I'm saying to myself. So this dude, this little white dude came downstairs. This joker got a face full of makeup on. Lipstick, eyeliner, got a blouse on. He don't stuff something in his shirt to make it look like he got some titties. He got a skirt on and some heels. My last month in the army before I start terminal leave, y'all. I just looked at this dude. I was like, I don't know what the regulation is. Because, <laughs> you know, the regulation is, uh, what's the regulation? AR 670-1. That's the regulation. Army regulation AR 670-1. It's basically that tells you how to wear your uniform and, and some other crap about what you can and can't do. Because, matter of fact, when I was at Fort Gordon, they had a rule on base that males weren't even allowed to wear earrings. Even if you were in civilian clothing, you weren't allowed to wear earrings in your ear on post. So I knew about that rule, but I didn't know about the whole transgender. I knew that there were transgenders, like they were phased, they, like they were not letting them in, but I didn't know what the rules were as it related to these AIT soldiers, these, these new recruits. And I definitely didn't know if you could be walking around dressed like that. So anyways, I'm looking. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it, private. 
go do your thing. Like I, I, I even, I, I just stopped yelling because I didn't even know what to think anymore. I was like, I was like, I'm not about to go look up this rule. I only got like a month left in the army. I don't give a shit what this person does. Just don't set the building on fire while I'm on duty. But I was just thinking about it. I was like, is this what the, this is what the army's becoming? This is, I mean, is this what the army's becoming, man? You know, we got we're supposed to be training people how to be killers, how to defend the country. In addition to learning a skill set, you know, depending upon what your job is, so you can transition out the military. But your primary job in the military, your number one job is an infantryman. We're all taught to be infantrymen when we first come in. Shoot, shoot M16s, shoot uh saw, squad automatic weapons, throw grenades, all that crap, land navigation, yada yada yada. We're all taught, you know, like uh com- you know, life-saving tactics and all that crap. And then you go learn how to do your job that you signed up for. But it seems like they've been placing this priority on people in the military, you know, looking like your man, looking like your man's right here, Kid Cuddy, where it's all about freedom of expression. Everybody is all, you know, instead of us out here preparing to possibly go to war with Russia or China and whoop their ass because they're over there training their people to be killers. We over here embracing our people in the military to wear dresses and embrace their feminine side, or even if they're not gay or they're not feminine, just to embrace their emotional side. Because like I say, when I was when I was in basic, we used to get cursed at. I had drill sergeants call me dickhead, dumbass. I mean, just all kinds of names, right? I was watching this basic training video not too long ago. It was probably filmed about a year or two ago. And they show the privates getting off the or the recruits getting off the bus, like what your first day of basic training is like. Right? You pull up to your battalion area, drill sergeants come on the bus, start yelling at you. You got to get your rucksack uh, and get off the bus. And, you know, it's just all kind of chaos and confusion. So I remember my first day, they was cursing us to clean the fuck out. <laughs> get off the motherfucking bus, you know, some shit like that. I saw this video, this drill sergeant over here yelling at the privates. Get off the bus, privates. And then when he goes up to the privates and start talking to him, he avoids using male and female pronouns. Like instead of saying, saying something like, 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 you know, like him, he, or she or her, he would, he would purposely go out of his way to use gender neutral pronouns like they. It was just like the weirdest crap. I was like, why isn't he just referring to him by his, you know, proper gender? But apparently. I guess in the military now, they're on that whole social justice vibe of, of uh, you can be 50,000 different genders. I'm assuming that's where they're going because I know, like I said, when I was getting out, we used to get cursed out and be told to suck it up and drive on, meaning, you know, you run through the pain, yada, yada, yada. You get injured. It was it was looked at as a sign of weakness if you went to, to the TMC, the medical clinic, to get looked at. So there would be times I'll be out there running I'd be in like excruciating pain, but I didn't want to get put on profile because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be uh, viewed as weak, which would potentially mess up my chances of getting an award, going for a promotion, getting some type of leadership position, yada, yada, yada. Nowadays, soldiers, they can whip out what is called like a stress card. So if a drill sergeant starts yelling at you, cursing you out, they can pull out like a, like a little stress card, be like, Hey, drill sergeant, I'm feeling I'm feeling emotional right now. I need to go have a, I need to go have a break. And the drill sergeant has to abide by that crap. Yeah, I remember um, drill sergeant Wilson Grant. We used to, uh, used to call. I used to think we used to call him Superman. He had like this ice cold look, kind of looked like Superman a little bit, just the older version. But I know you're talking about. But uh, you know, so anyways, I say all that to say. This is everywhere. So this ain't just a black, you know, I know I started off with this as a black male thing, but man, this is becoming like American culture, period, where we got like a generation of a bunch of pansies. And there's this saying out here. Let me see if I can find it. Bad times make strong men. Right here. This is probably one of the greatest sayings ever. Let me see if I can find it right here. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And weak men create hard times. 
So I currently think where we're currently at in American society, I think we're currently right here. Good times create weak men. So you go back, you look at the uh, the greatest generation, you know, the World War II generation, as they call them. You know, they call them the greatest generation because you had dudes willing to go fight for this country as young as teenagers who were lying about their age to join the military. A lot of them were broke as hell, poor, white, black, everybody. You know what I'm saying? It was... Go watch the movies like Saving <clears throat> Saving Saving Private Ryan. Uh, what was it directed by Tom Hanks when he what was the uh, what was it called V Day or something like that? If I'm not mistaken, but anyways, there were some hard times that they were coming from, which created this, these strong men that were willing to go out there and embrace being a man to the point of laying down your life for your country. <laughs> I mean, even though you were going into this knowing that there was a high possibility you might get killed but they believed in something greater than just themselves at the moment. So those hard times that they came from prior to that, coming up out of the uh, the Depression era, I believe, was did the, the Great Depression happen before World War II? Or was it after World Yeah, I think it happened before World War II. So they came up out of that, created some strong men. And then what did the strong men do? The strong men ended up going about to create good times, which led to what, the baby boom generation, the 50s, Next thing you know, everybody's over here uh, eating hamburgers, drinking milkshakes. You know, you got the roller skate chicks. You know, obviously we know things for black folks weren't that great, but I'm just talking about just in society in general. And then those good times where we're currently at now, we, we all of us are the product of those who created the good times. You know, my generation, 80s babies and, and, and beyond, you know, we didn't grow up in this era of racism, hyper racism, nowhere near to the degree that our parents went through. Um, I highly doubt any of y'all have ever seen a colored only water fountain. I highly doubt any of y'all have ever been forced to go to an all black school with subpar books and all that crap. I highly doubt any of that crap has ever happened to you. And this dude is shipping out the Fort Benning in four days. Good luck to you. Have fun. I will tell you this. Make the most of your time in the military regardless of if you only do a couple years or you do 20 plus years don't go in there doing anything stupid i don't know how old you are a dot do not do not do not do not get anybody pregnant or get married prematurely until you got your career on and popping somewhat take advantage of all your benefits and whatever you do do not get kicked out the military leave on your own terms whether you retire ets or you get medically separated leave on a positive note because once you get out a world of benefits will open up to you that i currently experience bmt currently experiences royce j and anybody else that's ever served in the military we get benefits galore so I know I'm saying this because I know a lot of people that actually got out with an honorable discharge and for some reason they didn't want to take advantage of their benefits. So anyways, so anyways, uh, I think we're living in this time. Good times create weak men, right? And you can see it. You see it. Look at this. Is this a strong, I mean, let's just give it a buck. I don't think this is a strong man. I don't think a male adorning himself in a wedding dress a full-blown wedding dress in a in a lace cat suit with his hair dyed pink as he's holding the hands of a man in a suit who just happens to be a small hat. I don't think this is an image of masculinity or, or strength. <laughs> I, I just don't. But this new generation, these new niggas out here, especially these youngins, they view this as strength. How, how old is Kid Cudi? Let's look it up. Kid Cudi is, oh, wow, he's 37, so he ain't that much younger than me. So I don't know what the hell going on here for real. But I don't know. This, this isn't a sign of strength, man. I, I don't know how anybody or any woman can look at a dude like this and be like, I see strength in that man. I want that man to lead me and my family. Or as, or as our friend Little Big Nate would say, 
this is a proper upstanding black male, which the hell it's not. I'm not saying that Big Nate would say that, but I'm just saying this isn't a proper up. This isn't a masculine man. This isn't masculine energy. But this new generation or these new niggas, even Negroes in, a, in my age bracket that have embraced this, this new nigga logic. They have twisted this to make, make it seem like this is a strength of masculinity because you're brave to go put a dress on. Is he brave or is he weak because he, he doesn't have a dress? Seems like he's the brave one. He convinced this. Listen, y'all, he, all this white dude did, this white dude is the fashion designer for this dress, which is just a wedding dress. This white dude in the article, he said all he did was send Kid Cudi a text message saying, will you wear this wedding dress and be my bride so we can go to this award? Kid Cudi said in this article, what did he say? Kid Cudi says, I trust this man, so I was down to take it wherever his mind went. He didn't even think twice about it. Your man's here. Just sent him a text saying, hey, wear this dress. He was like, okay. So it's like, but your man's over here. Kid Cudi is trying to act like this is some type of masculinity. This is exuding strength. How is this exuding strength when basically you just succumb to the will of this dude without even thinking twice about it? And then you're over here holding his hand. I mean, <laughs> but this stuff is just everywhere, y'all. This is everywhere. This is why we got so many issues in this country with these young people who are all on this social justice warrior crap. They want free shit all the time. They want to embrace socialism, communism, because they, they, they don't want to compete. I was I, I heard this young kid talking not too long ago, probably like 18, 19. He was trying to put up an argument for communism. I'm like, what? Yeah, like he, he was just going on this, this tirade about how communism is better than capitalism. I'm just like, so I actually actually interrupted the conversation. I was fascinated. I, I was like, the hell, I'm, I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna say something. So I asked the dude, I was like, so I was like, you in high school? I think he said he was a, a senior year in high school or something. So I was like, I was like, so you in high school, you plan on going to college? He was like, yeah. I was like, uh, you plan on, you know, I was like, all right. So I was like, so let me ask you this. I was like, let's just assume that you was in high school which you still are, but you've been in high school for four years busting your ass to get A's and B's so you can win a scholarship to go to, go to, a, go to a prestigious college. Well, let's just assume that I'm in high school the same years you're in, and I've been in there being a lazy bum, not halfway showing up to class, not even hardly doing my homework, just, just hardly doing anything, right? But when it's time to, when it's time to get awarded a scholarship, Let's just say we both applied to Harvard University. Harvard offers me a full ride scholarship just like you. I was like, how would you feel? Oh, man, I, I wouldn't think that would be fair. So I'm like, oh, so you don't believe, so you must not believe in communism. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm like, well, you, how can you believe in communism, but you don't think it's fair that I shouldn't be awarded a full scholarship for not doing anything, even though you worked your ass off to earn your scholarship. In a system of communism, we're equal. <laughs> Everything's equal. No matter how you start, we all finish the same. And so you got these youngins out here. They don't, they don't seem to understand this crap, man. And then he tried to explain to me, well, you know, in a perfect world, this is how communism would work. I'm like, well, we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a world of reality where people are going to be people and people have been doing, have been, have been people for thousands and thousands of years where we all have selfish interests and, and desires. So the, the point I'm making is you got these young people, they, 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 they're, they're shifting their reality. And I blame a lot of this on social media and old and so-called old niggas like myself who haven't really been re really reinforcing any standards of manliness into these youngins because a lot of y'all just want to go out there pump and dump make babies not raise your families be an active father you know yeah all the stuff that is uncool to talk about in this space right 
But y'all are now witnessing a lot of these kids grow up. They're teenagers now. They're in their early 20s. These people are going to grow up to be grown-ups who can legally vote. So all that time back in the 80s, or, or, what, or not the 80s, but the, the late 90s and early 2000s, and maybe even beyond that, when you you was out there creating all these single mamas, white, black, whatever, it's, it's a bunch of single, 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 single mother white women out there too. Now look at your kids, man. They're getting raised by these crazy Looney Tune liberals out here. They're embracing these crazy ideologies of communism because they're afraid of competing. We got a bunch of black folks out here whining and crying about white folks and racism and white supremacy every five seconds because they use that's that's black people's excuse for not competing. You know, white folks, they'll, they'll openly embrace communism more than black folks. But like I say, that's their excuse for not wanting to compete. Black folks, they'll use the excuse of not wanting to compete. They'll, they'll hide that under the cloak of racism and white supremacy as to why they can't compete. And then when you do mention something about competing and starting your own businesses up, first thing niggas would like to bring up is, man, they burn that down like Tulsa, Oklahoma. You'd be like, nigga, that happened over 100 years ago. Who has been burning businesses down since? You go back, go all the way back to, to, to the Watts riots, <laughs> Rodney King last year. It, it don't be nothing but niggas out there burning stuff down 99% of the time in conjunction with their white liberal friends as of lately. Like, ain't no white people burning black people stuff down. You just use that Tulsa thing as an excuse to not even go out there and try and compete. So now we got a bunch of people that don't want to compete. They're afraid to go out there, fall down, uh, scrape their knees up. They're afraid to get punched in the face. They're afraid to get into a physical fight. And they're getting softer and softer. And we're getting to the point now, look how soft it's gotten. So like I say, we go back to this. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. We're in this phase of, of society right now. We don't had so many damn good times in the past 30, 40 years that now we look at these youngins coming up and some of these people around my age, they out here doing this. We out here creating weak men. Out here doing this. Out here blaming white people every five seconds. You got, you got Negroes who were born like 18 years ago, 2003, pretending like they were born in, uh, in, in Jim Crow. Yes, you are in the wrong place. If you came here to hear some pro-black babble, you are definitely in the wrong place. I ain't one of them people. If you one of them, listen, if you one of them people that runs around here blaming white people every five seconds, nigga, you're a failure in life. <laughs> you can't compete. You don't, know, you don't know how to be an American and compete in this day and age. So yes, you probably are in the wrong place. But this is uh this is where we're currently at, y'all. Niggas is wearing dresses and talking about this is cool. I'm trying to do this for the kids, show them, because they want to create more weak men. But they're trying to they're trying to mask it as this is strength. Like what's what's so what's so manly about this? Like I say, if Kid Cuddy was just a regular dude, nobody knew. Ain't no chick gonna be choosing up on him. No, no regular chick, no, no chick with common sense. But being that he's kid cut, he can get away with this crap. But he's trying to influence a bunch of y'all to go out there and do it, or your kids. But this is where we're at, y'all. We're right here. We're on our we're on our way to this part right here. Weak men are gonna create hard times. I think we're actually getting closer and closer to this point now. If you just look at the totality of American society and how weak. Empathetic, we are going back to my me talking about the U.S. military and how they seem to be embracing social justice war uh, warrior isms and 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 uh what's what's that four star general in the military who was talking about um I want to know more about white rage like you do you're a four star general in the military why are you concerned about white rage you need to be concerned about Russian and Chinese rage. You got the Chinese, they don't launch the damn rocket 
that they can strap a nuclear warhead onto. This rocket can fly so damn fast. What they say that rocket can do? Let's look it up. Let's look it up. Chinese rocket. Um, what is it? Supersonic rocket. The China, oh, hypersonic missile. The Chinese, they got a hypersonic missile. Right? They say this thing can fly so damn fast in damn near outer space or however the hell is. Look, look at this. this. This is what it looked like. This is an actual picture right here. They say this thing can fly so damn fast that America, we don't have any protection against it. Like it, it's just too damn fast for our missile defense systems to uh, successfully blow it out the sky. That's that's the type of crap the Chinese are on. They are here developing stuff that can fly ridiculous hypersonic missiles. <laughs> Meanwhile, we got uh let me see. Four-star general, four-star army general fight rage. This guy right here. You got a top US general. What's his name? Um, Joint Chief of Staff. General Mark Milley, he out here, he wants to talk about white rage and critical race theory. This guy is the highest ranking officer in the whole military. Basically, he's in a position Colin Powell was in when Colin Powell, when General Colin Powell was in the military. He is the highest ranking military person in the entire United States military. This guy right here. This guy right here. This is the guy that's supposed to be advising the president of the United States on how to protect our country, how to protect our national security and our, and our interests around the world. This guy, this is the top dog out of all military people. He is the highest ranking person. And he wants to talk about critical race theory and white rage. Meanwhile, his sworn enemy, the Chinese, are launching hypersonic missiles into the sky that can probably circle the globe in like 30 minutes with a nuclear warhead attached to it. So I'm saying I'll like to say this. We're like inching closer to this era right here. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times because right now this mentality of this crap, niggas wearing dresses, blaming white people every five seconds for everything. Everything's racist. Everything's all oh, patriarchy. Look, we need patriarchy. Without patriarchy, society crumbles. <laughs> society crumbles, baby. Can you think of anything positive that comes out of a, a matriarchy? Look at the community. Look at the black community. Isn't it a, a matriarchal-led community right now? And what, what, what has happened with that? You know, shout out to Big Mama and them. Love the soul food. You know, Big Mama was there, but, yeah, Big Mama ain't really, uh, you know, produced. All, all Big Mamas, the collective, haven't really produced uh, – they can't really produce a solid family structure in most instances. They just can't. They just can't. They, they can produce this right here, though. Big Mama can be an expert at indirectly or directly producing this right here. You know what I mean? Very few of them can, can produce an upstanding male who is supposed to lead the country, or lead his family and his uh, community and all the way up to his country. We got this crap going on. You want to talk about white rage and critical race theory. Chinese and the, and, the, and the Russians are plotting on how to drive tanks up and down your street right now. He want to talk about some damn critical race theory. You know what I'm saying? This stuff trickles down to this crap. So, you know, this is where we at, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we at. We are in a ultra weak society. 
weak men. They're embracing the weakness, trying to mask it as some type of strength because you can put a dress on. I just don't understand what makes you look strong when you are sitting around here dressing as as in, in the traditional attire of the of, of the opposite sex. Like I don't, I don't understand this. Maybe because I'm a I'm an old crusty dude, <laughs> even though I was only born in 1980. I come from that generation of getting punched in the face, punching people in the face. I come from that generation of getting bullied and bullying. I think bullying is good. <laughs> if you want my honest opinion, I think I think this all I think all this really started going downhill when they started these anti-bullying campaigns back in like the 90s or something like that. I think bullying is good for the soul. I think it makes you tougher. <laughs> I think if every every kid gets bullied get into a couple fights, you learn how to defend yourself. I think that makes you a better person on the other end. I remember when I was a kid back in the day, the eighties, I remember, I remember this one, I used to get into a lot of fights, but I remember this one particular fight when I first started getting into fights, I was probably like six years old. And this kid, I think he punched me or something like that. He had to be like seven or eight, a little bit taller than me. So I was a little scared. I remember I ran back home crying like a son bitch ran right to the house mama mama he punched me man you know what my mama did <laughs> my mama's like boy if you don't get your ass back out there and punch him in the damn face i'm gonna punch you i was like what the f-? i'm thinking in my head what the fuck <laughs> so i had to go back out there and fight this kid of course i lost but you know i had to go out, i had to go out there and fight and my mama was like like yo this, like like yo you're gonna have to learn how to get punched in the face I think my mom may have even been watching it. <laughs> now that I think about it, I think my mom was watching me get beat up. But basically, she was teaching me a lesson. You're going to have to learn how to get punched in the face. And I got punched in the face. And eventually, I got tired of getting punched in the face. I started learning how to punch people back. But, you know, we kinda, I came up with that era, man. I don't, matter of fact, how many kids y'all know that actually get into fights these days? Everybody want If they ain't fighting each other, they shooting each other. You know what I'm saying? Because they just don't know how to go out there and you know, throw them bows, throw them, throw them things because they're scared. They're scared of taking a loss and then trying to learn from that loss and figure out how to develop their manhood. It all leads into this crap, man. The effeminization or the eradication of masculinity. And every, and we all, we all have a part to play in this. Not me, not me individually. I don't, I don't play a part in none of this shit. I'm just talking about collectively. We all got a part to play in this, man. So, I don't know, man. This is this is just some sad. I look, this this is just a sad picture, man. You couldn't pay me enough money in the world to wear a wedding dress, and then be out there holding the hands with another dude who's in a tuxedo <laughs> because you want to make a fashion statement. I'm bold. I want to show the kids. This is strength. Nigga, no, it's not. Especially as no black person. No, the hell is definitely not. So these fools, they fight like single mothers. They come out of, oh, of course. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Single mother culture. We could blame the single mamas all day, but, you know, single mamas, most of them ain't single just because, listen, a lot of niggas, a lot of niggas have made babies and, and, and helped turn these women into single mamas. And now we got to deal with the consequences of this crap later on as they start. Cause y'all, y'all be forgetting y'all be acting like y'all be acting like these single mamas just be having babies that just stay toddlers forever. No, them little niggas grow up. Them little niggas grow up to become adults. <laughs> so if they ain't had a father around and they've been raised by a single mama embracing hood rat values. You know, what do you, you think is going to happen? You think they're just going to all of a sudden become upstanding men and women? No, they're probably going to embrace the nature of who raised them. Take on their attributes. May have one out of a hundred that might do the right thing, but you know, this is what happens. Then then when we talk about that, then we come into the space and talk about family building. You need to be out there choosing the proper mate. Don't be out here just wildly engaging in reckless sex, making babies all over the place. Oh, you a simp. Like my nigga, do you do you, like do you not see the results of 
this wild and reckless activities that's been going on. I mean, I, I just don't understand it. I mean, you see it, and then you'll make videos crying about it. Look at them niggas in dresses. And then you just fail to put together like, well, I don't know Kid Cudi's familial situation. Let's see. Let's see if he was raised by his both his parents. Let's see. Let's see. He was born uh, on January 30th, two older brothers and an older sister. His mother, okay, so he maybe he was raised by both his parents. So his mother, African-American woman, his father is Lindbergh Styles. Uh, World War II vet. Oh, wait, hold up, hold up. When Cuddy was 11, his father died of cancer. Okay. So basically, he grew up in a single-parent household, not by choice. His father passed away, so it is what it is on that. But, you know, even that can have an effect. You know what I'm saying? So that's where we at. That's where we at, y'all. I, I ain't want to be on here long, but, you know, Remember this quote, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. We are transitioning. We're, we're right here. We're currently here, and we're about to transition to this phase right here. Because these niggas is everywhere. <laughs> these niggas is everywhere. They are everywhere. They may not all be wearing dresses, but they... They just they 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 put their weakness on display and, and it manifests itself in various other forms. Like I said earlier, niggas is shooting each other all willy-nilly over, over stupid petty crap. Niggas don't want to compete. I'm gonna blame the white man. Oh, the white man, they're gonna burn us, they're gonna they gonna do something else like Tulsa, Oklahoma. The white man ain't gonna never let me do nothing like that. You don't want to compete. Being competitive is, is a part of being a man. I don't even know how you, I don't even know how you effectively, I don't even know how you uh, become an effective man if you don't have any competitive genes in your body. Like, I don't even know how that's even possible. Doesn't even make sense to me. But anyways, niggas don't want to compete. Just want to blame white people all day long for their problems and hope the white person come give them a hug, make them feel better about themselves and give them some money. <laughs> doing nothing and the white person the liberals all these liberals that are doing this guy here lowering the standards all over the place to where you don't really have to compete as a, as a black person um let me see i saw something the other day there's this professor this white let me see asu professor says English language is racist. Right, so there's this professor at Arizona State University. Arizona State University is that same college. Those two nutcase broads went up to those white boys because they got triggered by that Police Lives Matter sticker. And they set it off and they went viral. Anyways, there's this professor out there, this guy right here. who is trying to make an argument that, that uh, the grading system in school is racist towards black people, mostly black people or people of color. But, you know, he was talking about black folks. Basically, he wants, he wants to grade students on effort as opposed to learning how to use proper English, learning how to write a proper sentence, how to put your commas in the proper place proper sentence structure, how to put your periods. He feels like that's teaching white supremacy. I mean, I'm not even making this up. This is what this guy's whole argument is. Learning proper English, how to speak English in an English-speaking country <laughs> that's been speaking English for a few hundred years now that most other countries, when you engage in some type of international business, 
They tend to speak to you in English. They want to say that's white supremacy because you're learning how to speak English. Even though most of the world engages in some type of form, some form of English transaction or English, some type of English in some, some manner. So he, he basically wants to, uh, you know, come up with a new grading method where you don't grade them on stuff like that. You just grade them on their, their effort. And so I was like, what do you mean effort? So I'm thinking back, I'm thinking back to when I used to be on Facebook heavy, like right now I go on Facebook. I just mostly post memes, the occasional pictures, but a couple about, about 10 years ago, I used to be on Facebook heavy arguing all kind of stupid crap. Right. But I remember I used to look at some of my cousins and some people I know, and they would type on Facebook. They would type on Facebook how they spoke. Like instead of like, they would be like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Instead of them saying, typing, I don't know, they would type I-I-O-N-N-O. I don't know. Like they would literally try to type exactly how they sounded. Even though their smartphones and or computers had autocorrect, they will bypass that just to type exactly how they sound. You go ask some teachers today. Some teachers out there today, they'll tell you that students, when they turn in papers, students be turning in papers, typing in shorthand, like LOL, WTF, um, LMF, what is it, laughing my, LMFAO. You know, like they'll, they'll type it like that. Like they don't know how to write sentences. They don't know how to do none of that. So I guess this guy, I guess, I guess if you're a student in his class, you could turn in a paper where it's just straight acronyms, LOL, WTF, LMFAO, you know, just turn that in and he'll probably give you an A for effort because <laughs> English is racist, right? That's what you got going on. You got this crap going on. So they're dumbing you down because it's racist. Uh, you know, they, they got all these goofy books in these schools about, you know, go to, go to, go to these little middle school, high school libraries. They got books in there teaching kids about how to give blow jobs. It's like, what, what, what is this about? That's what them teachers up in Virginia were complaining about. But then you got the media talking about, oh, that's just code for racism. Parents complaining about what their kids learn in school is just code for racism. It's like, really? Nigga, have you seen the books? Like there was this one video I saw. This woman, she went to a school board meeting or something like that to complain about the books. So she broke the book out and started reading from the book. And it was some very graphic material that was being read. And the people at the board were like, hey, 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 you can't say that. There are kids in here. And the woman was like, well, that's the point. This same book is at my kid's school. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it's like, she's like, if it's not okay to say in here in front of adults, because there's a couple kids in here, why is this book okay to be in school? You know what I'm saying? But then you turn around and they, they make that argument. Negroes and, and the liberals are like, oh, they're racist. It's like, my nigga, they, they don't want their kids reading that. They ain't got nothing to do with racism. I don't want my kids, I don't want my kids looking at a book teaching them about how to get blowjobs. Where it's dudes on like like the one book I seen in the news article, it showed a, a cartoon drawing of what is presumed to be a female wearing a strap on, and then another kid. I can't remember if it was a boy or girl proceeding to uh, top the person off. This was a kid's book, a cartoon drawing. I was like, I wouldn't want my kid looking at that either. Like, well, like, why is this in school? You know what I mean? Well, this is the crap that goes on. This is the crap that leads to this right here. Weak men create hard times. We're transitioning there. Everything's about feels and I want to feel good. I want to blame white people and I want, I want everything for free. I don't want to work. I don't want to do shit. Just give me stuff. Cause I was born and I can breathe air. I don't want to compete. So this is where we're headed right here. Y'all weak men create hard times. So anyways, I just want to share my thoughts on that. Anyways, you got kid Cuddy out here. Kid Cuddy out here wearing dresses, y'all. It ain't just about the dress. It ain't just about dark skin, light skin. This is just, this is just a sign of the times where masculinity is just, is is uh 
getting completely thrown out the window. It's, it's going to be on the verge of being criminalized pretty soon. You exude any type of masculine energy. They might try to lock you up and force you to wear a dress. <laughs> force you to, to bend over and grab your ankles. Like, it's going to be on some crap like that. You know what I mean? Especially with black folks. Because these dudes right here, the small hats, because that's his name. His last name is Lennitz. What is his name? Lennitz, L-E-N something. Sound like a small hat name. They 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 are you know they they're they're like a lot of them are you know <laughs> a lot of them have a lot to do with the current state of the communitized situation. A lot of them. Anyways, I'm about to go. Y'all be safe out in these streets. Peace.